Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song, wake up, wake up, you sleepy head, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I be blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers. But still I listen for us and us I'm just a kid again Doing what I did again Singing a song When the red, red robin comes Bob, bob, bobbing along dropped after we throw away a two-goal lead and draw 2-2 and we've only got about two players left for when we travel to Luton in two days time time to worry or is it too soon welcome to Charlton Live Good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me here in the studio live uh, at the Valley on my right-hand side is Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? All right, yeah, good, thank yeah. you. Yeah, not too bad. Did you enjoy yesterday's game against your, your, your home country? It was difficult, yeah. When the uh, when the Charlton fans were singing, you know what you are, I was a bit like, yeah, calm down, mm. lads, calm down. Yeah. I mean, deep down you do, though, thank you. <laughs> and yeah. uh, also, also joining us here, uh, hopefully free of cramp this week, he's done his stretches, Mark Newby. How do you, Mark? I'm warmed up, I'm all oiled, so hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed, we're okay. Yeah, excellent. Good to, yeah, good to see you did come pre-oiled, bring your own oil from home. Uh, knew Nath wasn't here with his, so yeah, yeah. had to do it himself. Right, uh, on this evening's show, then we'll be looking back at yesterday's uh, 2-2 draw here with Cardiff. The Addicts leading by two goals to nil at half-time, but unable to hold on uh, as Neil Harris's side came away uh, with a two 
uh, 2-2 draw. Uh, we'll hear the highlights of the game. We'll speak to Lee Bowyer as well. He came in to speak to Terry after yesterday's game, so we'll hear our exclusive interview uh, with Lee Bowyer. We want to know what you made of the uh, performance yesterday and the injury crisis, really. Josh Cullen, the latest one, uh, out after sustaining an ankle injury yesterday. I think well, we're up to about 11 bodies now that we're missing, uh, which is not what you need when you're in the in the midst of a three-game week, of course, going to Luton on, uh, on, on Tuesday evening and then back here against Sheffield Wednesday next Saturday. Uh, the last thing we need. So let us know what you made of yesterday's performance. Uh, are you worried about the injury crisis? Do you fear that, you know, through no fault of our own, because of all these injury problems, we could start getting dragged into something that we don't want to? Uh, do you think we can still steer clear of that relegation battle? Will we just stay in mid-table like we are now? Uh, let us know. Email studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live or you can head over to the Charlton Live Forum uh, to have your say on this evening's show. You might also want to have a say on the takeover rumours that have come out again this evening. We've gone into that that cycle again. You may have seen there was some sort of talk in the Sun newspaper. We, we'll probably touch on that briefly. We won't give it too much attention like perhaps we would have maybe two years ago. Um, but we'll have a little chat about that. Let us know what you made of that. Uh, we're also going to look ahead to the Luton game later on. And we're also going to hear from John Farrell, who's the author uh, of Valley Heroes. It's a new Charlton-related book that's coming out just in time for Christmas as well, actually. But I spoke to John on the phone earlier uh, to find out a little bit about his new book. So you can hear uh, that later on uh, on this evening's show. So, Tom, uh, two goals up at half-time, cruising. Uh, Deals makes a penalty save at the start of the second half, thinking this may well be our day. But then Cardiff do get one back a few moments later. Uh, they go on to get the equaliser about 50 minutes from time. We had chances after that to go on and win it, but in the end, have to settle for a point. What was, what was your overriding feeling at full time? It's a very good question. Um, disappointment, I think, at the end, but we were just speaking off air before the show and saying uh, it was very difficult to know how I felt because we went 2-0 up and we were cruising. And as you say, you then want us to come out. And I've spoken a few times about how we're quite slow out of the block start of the second half and three minutes in, we give away a penalty. We save it and as you say, you think then, right, let's kick on, let's make that count and let's try and make sure that's the only wobble we have. A few minutes later they score and when they scored their second, both Mark and I just said uh, just before we came on air, we both felt the game was only going one way and we were going to lose the game. But then actually in the balance of play after we had that little sort of 20-minute wobble, we were the better team again Um, and we had plenty of chances, certainly plenty of the ball, uh, very open game. And we, I felt we could have come away with, with four, maybe even five goals. We had plenty of, of good chances towards the end of that game. So then when you the whistle goes and you've only drawn 2-2, I think, yeah, probably disappointment was the overriding emotion. But it was a, a really fun game to watch, very end-to-end, very open. So it was an enjoyable one to watch. And we didn't lose, which given the, the way we've been playing over the last few weeks, you think Preston and Millwall and, and with all the injuries, actually it's not probably not a bad result. Yeah, overall, I'd say not a bad result, but in the context of where we are now, Mark, you know, looking at uh, no wins in five, two wins in 11. I mean, I'd be more worried if we'd put in more performances like we had over the last couple of weeks, Preston uh, and Millwall, if we were playing like that every week. But I guess, you know, yesterday we could have won those games in that run that perhaps we should have won that we didn't. So does that give you some some encouragement that we're we're not quite getting dragged into it yet? Yeah, I mean, I think we actually didn't play badly yesterday because uh, obviously Cardiff were going to come into it um, sooner or later and they've got some decent players. I think they were there to be beaten, in, in all honesty. Um, and I think if we'd had maybe two or three of our, you know, missing 
players, I think we and we would have quite comfortably done to them what we did to Derby. Um, again, like Tom said, you know, you did get a sense at two-two. Are we going to lose this? But we had chances, and I thought Albie Morgan made a difference when he came on. I thought Doherty made a difference, which is good for our subs to come on and make a difference to a game. Yeah, you know, it was hard. It's, you feel fifty-fifty. Are you happy? Are you sad? We didn't lose. Pragmatically, is another point towards safety, which is still going to be our bottom line. You know, are we safe from relegation? I think there's a lot worse teams than us. So, you know, I think by the time the week goes on, it depends if we get something out of Luton, how positive I feel about this point. Mm. And we'll see uh, over the course of the next few days. Right, let's have a listen to the highlights. Uh, Your commentators over on Valley Pass were, of course, Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. Back out right to Peltier. Peltier inside to Mendes Lang. Mendes Lang trying to take on two Charlton players, and he does, and he's into the penalty area. Little chip ball back across for Patterson. And it's just in the side netting. And he probably should have done better. Definitely should have done better. A lot of options, but uh, it's a great tackle from Matthews. And uh, Ostrom are taken out in the process by the Cardiff man. And it's out to... Oh, it's great work by Bond. Inside one, inside the other. Ball across the box. Oh, got it go! Yes! He pounced on the slight miscue from John Leco. To the six-yard box, pokes it home. Great work from McCauley Bond. That goal is all about McCauley Bond. Gets on the right-hand side. Nice little flick from Mozzimmer to find him. He's got two for company, Bond, and it just gets past Bennett way too easily. And then figures Nelson as well. It just comes between the two, and he's too strong for Bennett. Bill back to Leco, mucks it up. Leco completely miskicks it, and Gallagher just nips in. Gallagher, that goal-scoring midfielder, with the instinct just to get behind and toe-poke it in the net. It's the, not the prettiest goal Charlton will ever score, but it's certainly one they'll give him a lot of confidence. Inside, nowhere to go, and he's uh, been picked off by Bakuna. Bakuna strides away with the ball, finds Medine heading towards the Charlton penalty area. Medine back across. There's a man, a Cardiff man there, and he's completely scuffed his chance. Under, is that Patterson under pressure from Oshilaja? They're calling for a penalty. Referee has nothing of it, and Charlton are trying to break away on the left hand Ball inside, looking for Ostuma, it's wayward of him, and Nelson picks it up, but Perrins and Winter back for Charlton, and Ostuma's got some space. Ostuma bringing the ball forward, thinking about a shot, Ostuma goes for it, comes off Leko, comes out to Matthews in the penalty area, Matthews back to Leko, shot, blocked by Nelson, ball's up in the air, and Pack just heads it away, it's a glorious chance for Leko. To the left, to Mendes Lang, cuts inside, Uh Mendes Lang, but not Cullen, and Bond can pick it up for Charlton. Bond, lovely ball inside to uh, to Ostuma, he's got space to run into. Ostuma, it's got options left to right. A good ball forward to Leko in the box. Leko with a chance. Leko! Yes! Oh, what a goal! A brilliant counter-attack from the Addicts. Ostuma bringing the ball forward. He was patient. He was waiting for that run from Jonathan Leko. He finds him. And Leko, with his weaker left foot, slots it towards the near post. And Charlton make it two before half-time. Well, Jonathan Leko, he's not had the greatest first half. I think he'll admit that himself. But with McCauley Bond running down the right-hand side, everybody assumed that it was Bond who was going to receive the ball from Ostuma. Ostuma just waited, and I thought it was the chance had gone. It was too late, but he saw the run of Leko across the penalty area, as you say, on his wrong side. And with the sort of first half that Jonathan Leko said, you wondered if he'd have the confidence to put it away, and absolutely he did. And I'm really pleased for Jonathan Leko because that will do his confidence the world a good shot. Too. And there is a half-time whistle. A very, very pleasing first 45 minutes for Lee Bowen his Charlton side finds Bennett Bennett looking for an early cross towards the back post it's a decent ball and that's a oh, penalty, penalty. 
I did think that Perrington was being a little bit too friendly with Patterson. It did look like his arms were over him. Yeah, just the problem was <coughs> both players were at it, but it was Patterson's shirt that was lifted up. And I'm, I'm guessing that's what the referee saw. It's going to be Junior Hoylet to take, waiting for the referee's whistle. Referee blows, Hoylet right-footed, just standing still for the time being. Now walks up, Hoylet strikes, yes, and comfortable, Come on. comfortable save for Dylan Phillips. Guess the right way, the contact from Hoylet was rubbish, to say the least. And Charlton have survived a glorious Cardiff chance to get back in this game. Swings it in towards the near post and Phillips just punches it away. Comes to Hoylett on the edge of the box. Hoylett onto his right foot across to Bakuna. Shooting chance. Bakuna takes a touch. Taking two deflections off two Charlton bodies. The ball comes down oh. and it's a goal. It looked like it might have been a Charlton foul or indeed even a player offside but nothing given. And Cardiff, I can see he's slotted it in the end but Cardiff have a way back in this match. Dylan Phillips is living. Here's Mendes Lang, who's going to claim it, but such a scruffy goal. Well, Charlton have one lifeline. They couldn't keep Cardiff out for much longer afterwards. Go across to take his corner, take it quickly. It's Mendes Lang, short two, pack. Pack, edge of the box is Bakuna. Bakuna with a shot, saved by Dylan Phillips with his legs, and Charlton clear it away. Phillips dived the wrong way, did brilliantly. He might have taken a deflection, yeah, must have done you. Hoylet on the halfway line, Hoylet turns, ball forward. It's been oh, some misplaced pass, and Charlton get it back now with Gallagher. And Gallagher running forward. Options left or right. To his right, finds Morgan, controls, thinks about a shot. Morgan goes for it. This is oh. saved by Etheridge. Not the cleanest save I've ever had to make. Palms it behind for a corner. Pierce will try and get their does in front of Bogle, but the header goes straight to Peltier. Inside to Pack. Pack turns. Looks right and left instead. Goes to his left to Charlton right. Bennett on the overlap. Past uh, Matthews' ball, dragged back to Tomlin. Takes a shot and it's gone into the right-hand corner. And Cardiff a level. It's really poor defending from Charlton. Really poor. I saw the overlap for Bennett happening a, a way back and no one tracked him at all. It's a nice little pullback to Tomlin and that's the difference between Tomlin and, and someone like Hoylet. Tomlin has a little bit of class, a little bit of, of quality just to send Phillips the wrong way. I say the wrong way, just send him wrong footed really. Pierce trying to get past Flint and it's Flint who's uh, giving, pulling him all over the place. The ball comes in towards Pierce. He's dropped to his feet. Oh, larger can't get there. It's cleared away. Dirty can't get there. He's headed it back to Ostema. Ostema takes a shot. Oh, oh. just past the left-hand corner of the upright. Yeah, and someone, for a goal kick. There's somebody deserves a goal. It's him. He's been outstanding for Charlton. Seven hundred minutes. Blimey, oh, I knew right. there'd be a lot. And it's seven. inside Matthews. And he's into the penalty area. Tomlin. Drag back to Bakun Anderson. Important block from Oshelaja. And it's gone straight to Bond. Bond, lovely touch to Ostema. Ostema has got Dirty on the right hand side. Bond trying to make up time in the middle. He's found him. Bond oh, cleared block. away. What a block. And a huge block from Bond shot. And clears this away. Ah, the referee blows even before he gets that opportunity. And it's ended up a hugely frustrating afternoon for Charles. So there we go, 2-2 draw yesterday with Cardiff City. The Addicts were two goals to the good uh, at half-time, thanks to Conor Gallagher and Jonathan Lecce. Uh, and despite the missed penalty at the start of the second period, Cardiff did get back into it. Then uh, Nathaniel Mendes-Lang, who's no longer part of the Mendes clan, in my opinion, uh, getting one back. And then obviously Lee Tomlin saw 15 minutes left. We did have chances after that. I was convinced that one from Bond was going to go in. It was a good block. I think it was Peltier who, who made the block. But... Um, 
it's, it is frustrating, Tom. I guess you're looking at being 2 0 up at half time, you know, and, and Lee says it himself, and we hear from him later on in the show. You, you expect to go on and win that game, and, and, and it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, 2 0 up at half half time uh, against a side that I didn't think really had tested us hugely in that first half. You'd expect to win it. Um, I said earlier I was I was probably frustrated was the overarching emotion come the end of the game as well which kind of backs that up but I think given the run we've been on over the past few games I was pleased just not to come out of there with a defeat um, particularly when you look at the injury crisis that we've got at the moment with bodies just dropping all over the place and obviously a couple more to add on from yesterday as well but yeah I felt yesterday we were a little bit more like the side we've seen in the earlier parts of this season. I felt Preston, we really struggled to play our football. I thought Millwall was a difficult game and we didn't really do what we're capable of there either. So it was nice to see Charlton playing the football that we expect from them again. But as we said earlier, it was a very open game and that does lend itself to playing the the type of football we play. We need to learn how to play that football when we're against teams that, that sit back and make it hard to break down. But um, yeah, just... Uh, a difficult day really but to come out of there with a point is no bad thing and we go to Luton now with seven or eight players or whatever we're actually going to be able to put out there and, and hopefully can try and build on that now because the important thing is we didn't lose it mm. yeah I mean is, is that how you're seeing it Mark you're feeling a point gain to lost it's a tough one really isn't it because of the situation we're in as, as a squad uh, and the run we're on in terms of results to have been tuning up and not win I mean I think I was I was buoyed a bit by the fact that we ended the game quite strongly. If we if we'd ended the game the way that we had played in between you know the start of the second half and the midway point when they equalised or fifteen minutes from the end, I would have I would have been in a worse mood because we we started to struggle at that point. But we did end it strongly, which which gives me hope as well for for you know the the games coming up the rest of this week. Yeah, it was always going to be you know the first goal after the half time was going to be the sort of like the important one to get. If we'd got a third one. I think then you can relax. You know, they they got it. When, when they got the penalty, you thought, oh, that's it. You know, they're going to score. But that was terrible. Hmm. Um, I think in, in the end, like I say, you, you've got to look at there, there were more positives in that game than there have been recently. I thought it was way better than Preston. Um, and I thought to myself, Ostuma looked like the player who used to hurt us because he had a lot of space, time on the ball. Um, I thought Bond's movement was still, he's still looking good. I thought Deshilaja probably had his best game in a shirt for us in a position which he's probably not used to playing. Um, showed his flexibility and athleticism. Um, I thought Matthews did well at fullback. You know, Purrington's been getting a lot of grief. Um, possibly he's got no one to challenge him on that side at the moment. If it was more challenge in, you know, on the bench he might be picking up. I mean, he's not having a bad game per se, but, you know, I can understand why people are getting on him a little bit. But because Cardiff would leave in big gaps on both flanks and we didn't have anyone to, like, attack in that. You know, you could see it because apart from, you know, their centre-half who's about seven foot three, heading everything away, we, we weren't going down the sides. You're thinking, why lump it up? You know, Bond's not going to win against that. Oz Toomer's not, not going to win against it if it was on Bond's shoulders. Um, so I'm... The more I think about it, the more I'm thinking, you know what, I'm, I'm glad of a point because mm. I think it could have quite easily bitten us on the bum. And the last thing you want to see is Neil Harris and that little smug face of his waving three fingers at the, at the covered end because he's pretty, he'd be getting two fingers back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we haven't really mentioned the fact that Neil Harris was back in town. Uh, he's got a very good personal record against Charlton, as I'm sure you can imagine. I think so that's... Um, 
He'd had four games as a player or manager previously with Millwall where he's faced us and, and not lost. He was a, he was even on, I think he was at Nottingham Forest at the time they beat us 2-0 in the FA Cup. We're in the Premier League, but I don't think he played that day. Um, and obviously now he's got another game under his belt without defeat against us. I mean, look, I mean, certainly in the first half, uh, positives of in, in terms of the goals because I thought we, we scored two very good goals um, admittedly the, the first one it was a bit scrappy by the time it came to Gallagher but it was a good foot in from uh, Matthews in the right back position Bond got away did superbly well to, to get in between those two chaps and then Kind, I'll be very kind to say that was un- unbelievable vision from from Jonathan Lecco to kick it off his own bum into into the path of uh, uh, Gallagher. But I mean, obviously, I mean Lecco's miscued it, but Gallagher's read it well and finished with a plum, really. And that's the type of finish we've come to expect from him. Yeah, yeah, he's just doing that week in, week out now. I think you talk about the performance in that first half. I think what was pleasing for me was that Cardiff did come with quite a high press, similar to Preston, but. Unlike the Preston game where we rushed our clearances and started to hit the ball long, we were very patient with it and we would knock it around and drag them out and drag them out and drag them out. And then at the last minute, that would obviously create more space in the middle. We'd play it into an Aussie or a Gallagher and then suddenly there was a lot of space to work with. And we did that five or six times and and it was working. Um, And we were getting forward and we were creating chances. And as you say, for the goal, I thought it was amazing work by Bond to, to get between those two players and get into the edge of the area, clips it back and... Gallagher still had a lot to do when it came to him because it was up in the air and he had to sort of get his leg into the right position to be able to stab it home. So it doesn't look like a great goal, but a lot of technical ability to be able to pull that off. And I think I read somewhere he's the highest scoring teenager in English football. And for his first full season of professional football, I mean, I think from the first or second game, you could see he's going to go back to Chelsea at some point and play in their first team, you'd imagine, because he seems to have all the talent in the world. Um, Bowyer obviously says there's still a little bit for him to learn, certainly on the defensive side, but he's just got energy to boot and it just seems to do everything. Um, I mean, particularly with Lyle Taylor out, he's just been such an asset to be getting goals as well on top of all that work he does in the middle. It's... Um, it's just a joy to have him here and watch him play. Mm. Second goal was uh, an, another lovely move as well as Cullen putting a great tackle. Bon again, you know, his vision for the to thread the pass through to uh, towards Tuma. I think when you look at it back on the TV, it doesn't look that spectacular. But from I was sort of right behind the angle of that pass and it didn't look like it was on. It was great vision just to play him into a little bit of space. And also Tuma is, is wise. I mean, you heard Terry urging him to release the ball a bit earlier, but he was clever to hold on to it until he saw the run. And Lecco did make a good run. A uh, bit of luck with the, the finish. Now that's four goals that Lecco's had. Uh, for Charlton, and every single one of them has been deflected past the goalkeeper. So, I mean, if you if you can't be good, you'd be lucky. And that's and that, I guess in a way that's what Jonathan was yesterday because he. I, I do like to defend him because I know he can do stuff. But yesterday wasn't one of his best games in the first half. There was a couple of times he dilly dallied in possession. A couple of times he passed the ball to or behind where it should have gone or something like that. Uh, and yesterday he got a bit of luck with a finish. But again, hopefully that will lift him up a little bit confidence-wise. And four goals, that's not to be sniffed at. We've had players who play in wing positions before who don't get that many goals. And Jonathan has started to score goals now, which is which, which is a promising a promising stat. Yes and no. <coughs> um, I'm, I'm surprised that Boya lets him get away with what I consider not working hard. Because most of the players say, right, you know, you're going, if you work harder than anyone else, you'll get the results. Mm. And with Lecco... He he drifts. He drifts in. He drifts offside a lot. So I was glad this is one time he made a run and he didn't run offside. Um, and yeah, it was it was a good finish with a deflection, which you know helped. Um, I don't know. It's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch because you know he's got the ability, but he's thinking, why aren't you using it 
at all. You know, and when he was hoiked off, I was thinking I was actually quite glad. Because thinking, you know, because you're you're a liability. You've given the ball away. You're not looking up. You know, you should be saying, right, I'm going to run at that um, flint, and and you know, he's either going to tackle me and foul me, or I'm going to go past him because Flint is is isn't a good defender. You know, he's just there purely for his height, and if you run at him. You know, I think the, there were opportunities there, and I don't know. It's you know, yeah, he's a young player, he's inexperienced, and we are we you know putting too much pressure on his shoulders by hoping that he's going to do things like that. But thinking when you've seen him have the ability, and he doesn't produce it in every game, okay, we we are short of players, you know. But it it, it does become a frustration. I mean, you, talking about perhaps maybe he isn't the hardest working member of the squad. Do you think that Bayer gives him a little bit of leeway because he is? As Bay always says, he's our wild card. You know, you get players uh, who are, who can try and make something happen out of nothing, and perhaps that's why they're there on the pitch rather than to work hard. Do you think that's the only reason why Bayer might accept a slightly lower work rate? Because it is, it is fair to say, he does seem to amble a little bit sometimes. Doesn't always track back as mat as as much as as his teammates. I think Bayer would accept a less work rate at all. I think if if that's what we judge that Leco is doing, then. Or if that's how Boya sees it, if Boya thinks that Leco isn't working hard enough, then he's only playing him because he's got no choice. Um, so maybe Boya sees something that we don't, or maybe that's genuinely what he's asked him to do. Because, yeah, maybe he just just comes across as this wild card. Also, I I don't know how much instruction Boya gives him. Um, I don't know what he's like in terms of his intelligence as a footballer. There are some players that that can take a lot on and want to do lots of creative things. There are others that work very much on instinct and just you know, take, you know, see a run and go for it. Um, and if he's that sort of player, then maybe Boya doesn't want to overload him with tactics and stuff. Same, someone like Macaulay Bond, you know, he's learning at this level, but you you see what Mac- Macaulay Bond, you can see him learning week by week by week. You can see him taking information on as opposed to just playing on that instinct. So so I don't know what it is, but I, like, uh, like Mark, he was just driving me mad in that first half and I was all ready to, to have some tweet at half-time saying how much he was annoying me and then he obviously goes and sticks that one away and yes it takes a deflection but you're right I've just watched the goal back actually and he'd stepped offside initially with his first run gets back onside and then makes that second run across two Cardiff defenders so he does really well to do that get himself into the right place it's a really good pass from Aussie but um, yeah he's got to be there to put it away and it's another goal for him and if he keeps doing that to be honest I don't care about his work rate Silencing the haters namely <laughs> namely Tom but <laughs> uh, start the second half then so tune it up the last thing you want to do is concede early um, Perrington's given away a penalty there hands on Patterson could argue that Patterson was given a little bit back but you can see I mean from the angle again I had in, in, in the West in, in the press gantry in the West Stand my initial reaction was as soon as that cross came over I could see Perrington's hands all over their defend, all over their player uh, Patterson I think on the replay there is a little bit back but I mean I, I can still see why the referee's given that as a penalty no no major complaints there for me uh, Mark have you did, do you think that was the right decision it, it was but what you want is consistency and I've said this because I sit as close to the um, home goal as it's physically possible without actually being on the pitch and you think twice they've had corners or we've had corners and they've got handfuls of our players and nothing. And you're thinking, well, hold on a minute. They're actually probably bigger fouls than Purrington's and you're not giving those. And I thought the referees were supposed to be cracking down on that kind of thing. You know, it, it seemed churlish to say, hold on, well, we should have had, but, you know, we physically should have had it. You might not have seen it on the um, uh, TV or on the highlights because we're not going to sh- repeat it. But from the angle I was, you know, I could see quite easily two times where I'm thinking, that's, if a referee sees that, 
that's a penalty. Mm. And you were hoping yeah. the lino is then going to sort of like put his flag across his chest and say, well, I've seen him drag a good old handful of um, Oshie's shirt down. Yeah. So, you know, if, yeah, that's, unfortunately, it's the second one because after the Preston one, you've got to think, so, well, if he doesn't put any arms on him, is the guy going to get a free header on the goal? Possibly. You know, as a defender, you, you know, it's you're supposed to be touched the, tight. It's, it's, it's just about being the being, right side of him when the cross comes over in the first place and you don't have to yeah, worry about it. It's, it's true. And he's let, he's let him go. So, yes, if, if I'd want one if it was against us. Mm, so yeah, mm. luckily the uh, spot kick was pretty toilet from Hoylet, and uh, he rolled it basically rolled it into into the arms of Dylan. But it was only a couple of minutes later that Cardiff were back into it uh, anyway. The uh, the shot coming in now again, there's, there's question marks whether a couple of players from Cardiff were offside when the original shot came in. Um, now you're getting into discussions about phases of play because then the Charlton player touched it, then another Charlton player sort of touched it, and it rolled backwards a bit. Does that count as a new phase of the ball going forward? In which case. Maybe they're not offside, but they were offside from the original shot before coming into play themselves to try and tackle that loose ball. So arguably the the flag should have gone up then. But you know that that's when you start to worry. You see you see that that goal getting back into it early in that second half. There's still plenty of time to play, um, and that's when the nerves start jangling a little bit. Yeah, I'm glad you moved on from that offside chat because I wasn't going to be able to offer anything on that. Um... Was it offside? <sighs> Who knows? I don't even know what the rule I'd, is no, anymore. To be honest I'd, with you, I'd I'd say if that was in the Premier League. They'd, they'd have reviewed it and they'd have not given it. That's on the current thing because there were two blue shirts which had gone offside in the but first But then, like I say, it's, it's getting into the... And I don't really know what I'm arguing here, but it's getting into a different phase of play. <sighs> so the shot has hit the two Charlton players, at which point one of them, I think, it's sort of come off their leg and gone yeah. another half a yard backwards, that, which is why the ball has gone loose. The, the argument you could say, though, is well, when the, the Cardiff man hit the shot outside the area... And it hit those two chaps. The Cardiff players were coming in themselves to try and be part of that of that tackle. So therefore, they were involved in play. So that's why. I mean, I literally don't understand no, what what, what, there, there, what the referee should have given no. there because it's too complicated. There were in that so situation. many bodies. You're not expecting the lino to see that. And then, like I say, that's why you know everyone's going on the technology now. So it takes it does take it away from the grumbling and annoying. It wasn't a clear cut. No, definitely so. not. I think what you say about the goal, though, as I said at the start of the show. For me, a lot this season, we've come out at the start of the second half and looked sluggish. And I said there was probably 20 minutes in yesterday's game for a period where we just didn't seem like ourselves. And it started pretty much from the second uh, from the whistle at the start of the second half. And you give away that penalty and then you get away with it because it's it's awful and Dill saves it. And then you concede anyway and you think, well, I might as well have just scored the penalty. But then we continued to play, I thought, not very well. Um, and we... By then, I think Cullen went off, didn't he, between the two goals. And I think we didn't adjust to that. Then he get that second goal. And as I say, from that point on, you were just expecting them to go on and win it. Um, but we did manage to turn that around, which was positive. But we, we've got to try and sort that out because too many times that seems to be costing us at the moment, that yeah. little period of games. Yeah, I mean, obviously Cullen going off, as you said, doesn't help at all. Mm. Uh, second goal, though, again, I mean, uh, Bose mentions himself after the game that Deji should have... Uh, should have closed down Tom Lynn and it just seems to that the way it sort of goes through Oshelaja there, it just seems to have either caught Dylan out or he sort of slipped on the way down. He's he's leaning the other way because he's not expecting it to go through. But is what is one that um, when you see it being hit, you think Dylan's going to get down to it, but then you see on the on the, on the way down, he's just he's just unable to to scramble across there. But again, it's just, just slightly sloppy in front in, in front of her own goal, which, which Lee Bay won't be too happy with. No, but Tomlin's another one of those ones who who likes playing against us. That's four in four goals in seven games against us now. Um, it's gone underneath Desi, and it, like I say, it has caught 
Dylan out of touch. I don't think he's to blame. I don't think he could have got a hand on it. He should have been tighter, um, moved out faster. Tomlin's a, a decent striker at this level. Um, he's hit it hard and low. Goal doesn't move. So it's it's one of those things. Yes, in hindsight, Desi could have looked got closer to him. <sighs> but there's nothing else to say to that. But. Yeah, it's, it's, it is just frustrating that we we could have been in a position to hold on there. I mean, as I, said, I mentioned, that Cullen injury that did seem to take you know a lot of our position in the midfield Definitely. away from us. We were we weren't picking the ball up in the middle of the park as much as we were beforehand. Yeah, and I think a, a lot of people do praise Cullen and rightly so. Um, so I don't think I'm not calling out out fans here, but he does a lot of the dirty work that sometimes you don't necessarily see. And it's only when he's not in the team you then notice just how much he's doing because we definitely had to change as a result of him going off. Um, that's absolutely no discredit to, to Albie either, who I thought came on and actually played very well. But he's just a different type of player. And you, as I say, Cullen, that, that screen in front of the back four and his ability to just always be in the right place, win that ball, distribute that ball, move, get the ball back, do it again. It's just a very, very, very good player at in that position and that's why he's earned that call up to the or the couple of call ups now to the national side I, I can see much like Gallagher I can see him at some point you'd imagine West Ham are gonna surely take a punt on him because it's not like they're pulling up any trees at the moment either I just hope it's not until the end of this season but we'll have to see how the injury is anyway but yeah we we didn't really cope when he came off I didn't think and it, it took us a little while to adjust I think then the last 20 minutes of that half we did but it was just that 10 minutes where he went off and that's obviously when they get that goal and then I was. That's when I was concerned. But as I say, we managed to kind of sort ourselves yeah. out after that. Yeah, I mean, with the, the injury for Cullen, it looks like it's an ankle ligament one. Uh, he, he was seen in a boot at the Valley. Um, you don't know how serious it's going to be, but I can't imagine it's going to be like one he's going to shake off for Tuesday. I mean, I, I feel like it's going to be one for a few weeks here, uh, which sort of just sums up how it's going at the moment. Yeah, I was surprised to see him sitting in the um, tunnel entrance mm. and coming out. We're thinking, well, is that a good sign? Bad sign? He had the boot on. But you think yourself, well, surely you would have been told to elevate it and rest, rest it. So you know, just sit there. Um, yeah, but you know, then it also gives an opportunity for someone else to come in, like Morgan, you know, and stake a claim. And I've, like I said, I thought we looked okay. I thought Abby Morgan looked good when he came on. Looked for the ball, had two good shots, and took took good corners. So yes, we're going to miss Cullen, but it's an opportunity for one of our kids to step up and say, you know what. I am good enough to play at this level because he'll look at Conor Gallagher and say, you know what, there's not much difference in age between us. You know, and okay, you're going to say, well, there's a lot to put on a young shoulders, but Albie Morgan looked like he's got an old head on young shoulders. So I'm not, I'm not too phased about that. I mean, yes, we'll miss Cullen, but if you've got, you know, Prattley back as well. That's the big thing, yeah. You know, and I think that'll make a difference. So if you've got, you know, Prattley Morgan, alongside Morgan, who's going to be, you know, coaching him, if they then decide to put... Deji there as well. That's that's a mm. hard, tough midfield to get through. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we did, we did have a couple of chances you know, at two one and two two, which like I say, um, it, it, it's not like we were dreadful in the second half, and we can see, no, and, and we just weren't offering anything going forward or anything like that. We did have chances, you know. Mark mentioned the two shots from Albie Morgan. Uh, Ozzy had one, didn't he? Sort of just before ninety minutes was up from from range. They only whistled a little bit wide, and then I was convinced we were going to win it in that in that added time when it was Doughty going down the right hand side. He, he, we'll talk about him in a minute because I thought he looked quite good. Crossed it to Macca, and I was just thinking, this is going to be is that the same finish as we saw against Derby early yeah. on? 
Uh, and in fair, fairness to Peltier, I think it was putting a good block. But you know, that's why I was like I say that was that's why I wasn't completely doom and gloom at full time yesterday because you know performance overall we were we were we were all right we were good I think yesterday we were sloppy at the back and that's cost us. But you know, I'm not I'm not sitting here looking at a squad that you know obviously is completely decimated. But and we're getting tonked four 0 every week. You know, we still only lost by one or one goal once this season um, we're still very much in every game we could have easily won more of of the last 11 games than the two that we have and that's why I'm not I'm not getting carried away just yet not at all um, the the Preston game I think it would have been hard to justify a win in that game um, possibly similar with the Millwall one uh, but yesterday I felt like on another day we would have won that and won that fairly comfortably with, with pretty much the same performance just li- tiny little things going our way so no, I wasn't wasn't disappointed necessarily with the performance at all, apart from, as I said, that 15, 20 minutes where we just kind of fell apart a little bit, fell asleep at the back. But you're right, we didn't play badly in that second half at all. There was that brief spell, but we sorted ourselves out. And then for that last 20 minutes, it had that feel that you get down here where, when, especially when you sit in the North Lower, you seem to be on your feet every couple of minutes because there's just chance after chance or just players breaking forward um, and the noise levels rise and experience from being down here enough tells you that one of those times you're going to score because that's just what we seem to do but just couldn't quite make it happen yesterday and and when that ball came in for Bon I thought well that's the one here he goes and it was an amazing block we've seen Lockyer make two or three amazing tackles at that end for us and it was just one of those for Cardiff to keep them in it Um, and when that happened and the seven minutes went up and you thought right here's our chance and we again a couple of times we broke forward but we just couldn't quite get it in the back of the net and Maybe that, again, is why the the overarching feeling was frustration because that last couple of minutes we seemed to have enough chances to win three or four games and we, ju- we just couldn't quite get one of them in the back of the net. Yeah, and we've already talked about Albie Morgan then, so like I say, we'll, we'll, go, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about Alfie Doughty being on loan at, at Bromley and, and, and been recalled, got his, his, his first appearance in a league game. Uh, off the bench and you know he's got a bit of pace you know and, and the game was built was made for him yesterday I think he was open at that point um, he, he could run into space he could get those crosses in we saw the the one he set up for Bond there Doughty and you know I thought for, for a debut I mean you can't expect him to play like that every week but it, it's promising and you know it shows that at least Lebo has got some trust in, in him as well if he needs to throw him on at any point in you know in the next few weeks when, we, when we've got these these problems with the squad well I mean as, as I said I think you've got to so if you're on the bench, Bo will trust you, because he said he'd rather have an empty bench, you know. As I believe we, you know, we had one empty space, you know. If I don't trust you, you're not good enough. So if you're good enough, you know, you're going to be on a bench. And if you're good enough to be on a bench, you're good enough to play. So you know, in Bo we trust, as it were. I don't know much about Doherty. I've not seen him as much as I have Morgan. So you said you've seen, you've seen him play for Bromley. Yeah, I saw a couple so, of times for Bromley. Yeah, looked quite good then. Um, yeah, played in the same position on the wing. Yeah, you, you like yeah, play on the wing. Yeah, he's quite pacey. Uh, a couple of good crosses. I think he got a couple of goals for Bromley as well while he was out there. He definitely got at least one because he got one on his debut. So, yeah, ho- hopefully someone who'll be able to to add something uh, over the next uh, the next few games. Um, I mean, we didn't really talk too much about Deji as well playing out of position. I was quite pleased with him yesterday. I like him. He's mobile. He's, he's he, sometimes a bit sloppy in possession, and and obviously we saw he could have closed down Tomlin for the second goal. But I like him. I feel he brings a bit of energy to that midfield and not allow not not afraid to get all over the pitch. Yeah, I really like him. I think yesterday some of that sloppy passing, particularly in the first half, was just a case that he hasn't had a lot of match football. Um, but I thought on the whole he did well, as you say, puts himself about. He's very versatile. He can play in lots of different positions. 
on the whole, he's pretty good on the ball. Like I say, a couple of sloppy passes early on, but that's just getting himself back into playing playing senior football or, or playing a, a proper competitive game. Um, and yeah, he's a he's a player that I'd like to see more of, and perhaps just hasn't had his chance because other players have been good, and then he's been been a bit injured. So um, yeah, good to have him back for sure, and uh, hopefully because I think he took a knock as well, didn't he? Mm. But hopefully he's all right for for Tuesday or at the very least next weekend. Yeah, I think Deji was sort of cramping up. That was his problem. Okay. There was a, there was an issue with Ostuma as well coming off. Uh, obviously, you know about Cullen. So I mean, it's, and uh, both even said that Adam Matthews probably won't be able to go two ninety minutes in the space of four days. So I don't think he'll be featuring uh, at Luton, or certainly won't be starting. But at least we've got Solly in, in that position. Uh, there, there was a just one more moment before we hear from Lee Bowyer. Apparently, there was a potential stamp on Macaulay Bond by by one of the uh, the Cardiff City players. I mean, I haven't, I didn't see it at the time, and also uh, it doesn't seem to be on the highlights. So I have no idea what happened here, but. Yeah, I, I saw it because I'd, I'd seen it online about someone had said about it, stamped on. He Bond goes down and the guy goes over him and he literally just flicks out a toe and he catches Bond again. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as um, Lyles last year with a guy doing a river dance on him. <laughs> it, it, it was it was literally just almost a flick out. It didn't look, I didn't think it looked malicious. I just think he just sort of like flicked his leg out and he's just caught. Like love tapped him, kind of thing. Mm. So I can Bond's not happy about it, you know. You can see he's, but I don't think there's anything in it. Mm. All right. Well, let's have a listen to uh, our interview with Lee Bowyer. Then don't forget, uh, we want you guys to have your say as well. You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum uh, to have your say uh, on this evening's show. Let us know what you made of yesterday's performance, how fearful you are uh, of the weeks coming up with our very depleted squad uh, at the moment. Anything else you want to have your say on, uh, do so. Get in touch with us here on Charlton Live. Right, let's hear what Lee Bayer had to say then after yesterday's game. He came into the studio to speak to Terry. Uh, the Addicts boss was disappointed as his side didn't hold on for all three points. Frustration, um, disappointment. But you can you have to look at it in a positive way. Um, that's what I have to do and, and, and pick the players up because they're disappointed, you know, to, to have 45 minutes to go and you tune it up. Then we all expect to win the game. Um, so they're, they're a bit down. But the most important thing is to try and make them feel good for we've got another game Tuesday. Um, so we need them just to, to bounce back as quick as possible. For the game, obviously we've got an injury situation. Maybe not quite crisis, but it's teetering on the edge. Um, you must have been delighted with the start, uh, two 0 up uh, against a team that was in the Premiership last season. Uh, it couldn't have gone any better with the players that are coming. No, no. Um, I thought we started a bit slowly, but once we scored, then we settled down, and, and I thought we moved the ball really well. We had to be patient um, and, and, and look for for opportunities and, and openings and. Um, and I thought we'd done that really well. First half, last thirty minutes of the first half, especially, I thought that we we controlled that half um, so much so that they they ended up changing their formation and matching us up. But so many teams keep doing that at the moment. Um, so yeah, but what we can do is keep trying to trying to do the right things and. It shows that we are doing the right things when they're having to change shape to, to, to try and compete with us. Two players you brought in, uh, be, mostly because of the, uh, the injury situation. Deji and, uh, and Aaron both uh, figured prominently in that first half. Deji playing in an unnatural position, you must have been delighted. Certainly the way he started, but as the game wore on, 
because of the lack of body, because of the injury situation, is that normally you would have made a substitution, maybe brought mm. Deji off because he hadn't had the minutes and then yeah, yeah. the concentration levels don't then drop? No, no. They, yeah, obviously I wanted to, but there, there is no one. So there, there is no one to bring on that can go and play in that position. That's why I started him in that position, especially once Josh went off. Like If Albie was still on the bench and Josh hadn't gone off, then I'd have brought him off and brought Albie into Josh's position, dropped Josh into his position. Like I would have done that. That was the plan. But obviously, once you lose Josh, that's it. The plan's gone. There is no other bodies to put in, in, in that position. So, um, Plus his height, because they're so big. We we set pieces. We, we needed him on there. So it was just a case of just, look, you're going to have to carry on a little bit of cramp or not. You've got to carry on. Um, so, yeah. But, Thankfully, he come through it okay. Talked about uh, teetering on the edge of an injury crisis. The last thing you need is Josh Cullen going down with what looked quite a serious injury. Um, mm. Any news on that? No, all I know is it, it's, it's something to do with his ankle when he's in a boot. Um, you won't be able to tell nothing now for the next 24, 48 hours. Physical game. Uh, and it looked like um, that deserved more than just the talking to that uh, tackle that took Josh Cullen out. Yeah. But uh, we also had um, Aaron Ostomer, victim of a few of them, uh, mm. Conor Gallagher, <laughs> a few of them. So it was always going to be a physical game. Uh, is it a bit like the walking uh, walking wound, the emergency ward 10 in the dressing room? Again, we'll know more what's happening tomorrow, but my worry is with how many senior players we're, we're going to have fit for, for Tuesday. Um, we We only had 13 for today. So, obviously, Josh has come off. That puts us down at 12, get practically back up to 13. But it just depends on how they recover and what knocks that, that they're carrying. So, uh, like I said, Deji was playing with cramp last five minutes. So, Game of uh, today with, uh, with, the, you know, with the, the youngsters on the bench, you're looking for a little bit of things going your way. And for the first off, it looked like it might be. But Carter's first goal uh, told that uh, strong hint of offside in the build-up to that. Mm. Um, that makes it doubly disappointing because if they don't get the first one they probably don't go and get safe yeah obviously you need decisions to go your way at times um, I thought that, that they got the penalty I, I didn't think it was a penalty um, I think there's two people grappling each other they was both doing it just as bad as each other but you give the penalty and thankfully Dylan saved it um, but yeah big decisions can cost you at times and obviously if he's offside then that's cost us I know it's disappointing uh, losing a two goal lead and frustration as well but um, is today a sort of game you're going to want to look back on and hopefully look back on and say actually to hold out not even hold out but actually match and better a Cardiff side and probably could have gone on and won it even when it was back to Mm. 2-2 is that a game that might shape uh, the season with a character still shown by the side I mean the results might not quite be going our way but you can't fault the character no, you can't fault them. Um, they're giving everything uh, that they're calling off the pitch at the end, you know. Um, again, just the, the two boxes, the two most important areas of the pitch. We thought that we broke well. Um, second half it as well. We, we could have, if we'd have done a bit better, we should have scored another two or three. Um, but because we didn't, then they ended up costing us in the end, and they they nicked. And it's just a, an equaliser, and but the good thing is, is that we're still creating chances, and we're we're in every single game. Um, yeah, we want the right results, but we're doing that with all the bodies out. 
So when we get them all back, for me, then well, we ain't far off of it, you know. And, and we've played Fulham, we've played West Brom, we've played Bristol City. Like we're all them teams. We we we've been just as good, if not better, than them. So uh, again today, Cardiff, like I thought that we was, um, I thought we was better than them. And he uh, must be delighted with the two youngsters that come on. Alvin Morgan, I call him a youngster, obviously, it seems like a season pro now, but, and Alfie Doherty, that playing non-league football over the last few weeks, but they come back in on the bench and they're both impressed when they come. Yeah, yeah, they've both done well. Um, I just said that, that, them same words in the dressing room there, like the two young lads that came on. They, they, they done us proud, you know. Alfie's, I think he's his first appearance for us, like proper appearance. Didn't play for us League One last season, so, um, so yeah. I thought he made a good positive impact when he came on and, and, and Albie just does what he does he just keeps the ball um, so yeah I thought they both done well and judging by the uh, the state of play for, for Tuesday's game you might need to use them again because uh, I'm guessing there's uh, not enough bodies coming back from injury yet still still a bit of time to wait for some of our Kia players so um, they might be called on again for Tuesday yeah they'll definitely be involved some way or another um, but there, there is no more no more of them kids that you, you, we could bring up that's it like they're, they're the they're the ones that to be fair they're not really that ready either but it, we couldn't bring no more to 23 the, 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 there is none Added frustration, and of course the fans are, are frustrated that they're not seeing um, people coming back like Lyle, etc. But um, it's it's too big a risk. Yeah, too big a risk. Trust me, there's no one more frustrated than me. I, I can assure you. Um, with, with the amount of injuries that we have, it's, it's just ridiculous. Um, so hopefully, the sooner the sooner we sort that problem out, the Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierces there. Bowers with a header. And it's done. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. You absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lad. Charlton have scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it all. Get in. Come on. What a time to be here. Here at Wembley. Oh my word! Oh my word! Shelton Live.
So welcome back. This is Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. That was the Addicts boss, Lee Bayer, uh, speaking to Terry Smith in the studio here after yesterday's 2-2 draw with Cardiff City. A uh, bit of frustration in there. Brian Coles also just pointed out for the benefit of the younger listeners, uh, Terry mentioned a show called Emergency Ward 10 in his Lee Bayer interview. Uh, like me, he is old, and then shows that that show was on TV between 1957 and 1967. So that's why I'd never heard of it. was Tell then? Well, well uh, Tell, 30, Tell was in his 40? 30s, yeah. I think Tell Tell was uh, probably acting, in it. I mean, I think he was the producer, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Bo, you can hear his frustration about, about the injury uh, sort of crisis, and it, that, that obviously holds him back a bit as well, because you hear, you know, he, he had a game plan in mind. He, if, if the game was going how he wanted it to, he would have taken uh, Deji off, put Cullen into defensive midfield and brought Albion. And it's like all these things could have happened. And as soon as injuries happen, it, it sort of, it ties your hands, Mark, as to what you can do in, in the game. And that's why that's possibly a reason why we can't see out games as well as we'd like to at the moment as well. Yeah, it's true. It's like a couple of weeks ago when we had to make two subs in the first half. You know, it, it does limit you to what you've got. And let's say you then look at the bench to say, how can they affect it? Um, everyone gets injuries. Every club does. But if for some reason for us, it's all in one go. I mean, if, if you spread all these players across the season and you're missing maybe three or four at a time, but to be missing sort of like 12, 13 at the last count is it's just sort of like crazy nuts. And to be honest, I don't think... Are you ever going to get a squad together in this division which can cope with that many losses? I mean, it's a miracle, to be quite honest, that we've actually done as well as we've done Mm, with the players we had available. It certainly feels like that. Um, With with, with regards to form, uh, I don't think he's going to get too worried about it yet. He's not. When you speak to him about it, I asked him the question yesterday about the... The fact that performances are still in there, and obviously I mentioned earlier, you know, we're not getting thrashed by anyone. We're we're, we're in pretty much every game. Uh, was it two wins out of eleven? I said, you don't you don't get carried away just yet. You're still looking at the table. I think when I checked earlier, we're still what nine points above the relegation zone, twenty three down to fourteen uh, points. So that's not too worrying. I'm not really looking up, but we are still only six points off the top six. If that's the 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 stat that that floats your boat is we're still in an okay position. Obviously, the form's not great, but the, the position we're in. Well, I'm looking at it now, and you know the losses we've had. We haven't had more than two losses in a row, you know. And that's mm. if we had three, four, five losses, then you go. That's the momentum. That's the you know where's the spirit? Where's the spark? But we we haven't. You know, we've not managed to do a lot of wins in a row or draws. You know, but we've not also not lost a lot in a row. Like say two in a row. You know, is it? That's it. So, mm. and I think that's not bad. I mean, we stopped. We lost two. We've drawn with Cardiff. You know, that's that's put an end to that run of losses. So, you know, pragmatically thinking, we're not, we're mid table. It's where we'd love to be at the end of a season. Mm. You know, yeah, okay, we'd love to be in the top six or whatever. But you know, realistically, we're we're going to be yeah. mid table. And I think, fine, I'm happy with that. Yeah. We've only lost six out of seventeen games, really, and that shows the fight that they that they've got so far this season. If you you know, we've drawn five, one, six. It's not, it's not a bad record for for a team that, that's just made the jump up uh, from uh, from League One. Right, let's have a look at some of the tweets that started to come in. Uh, if James uh, was tweeting last night, good evening. Uh, a good first half, not so good in the second. Uh, we deserve the point. Lee Boyer deserves to be peed off, uh, but I hope he sticks with us. Two games will be difficult 
and four or six points important. We should have had uh, we should have a couple of first team regulars back by then. Let's hold fire and wait until uh, the Christmas games have gone, uh, and then we'll know where we'll be and what we can hope for. I personally believe we'll make a surge up the table in the second half of the season. Uh, stay positive and keep sharing support. Yeah, we haven't really mentioned actually what what Bo then went on to say in his Sky News interview. Uh, you know, it's, it's not something we, we haven't heard before, really, if you've been around. But obviously, we're not on Sky that much. So they, they asked a question about, about contract situation. Bowyer's contract, as we as we know very well, is up at the end of the season. Uh, he was very much linked with the Cardiff job before before Neil Harris took it. I don't, I don't think there was any formal approach by the sounds of it. But, um, you know, he's going to be linked with every job going until until his contract gets sorted and he should have a three-year contract like any other manager in the championship. But that's not the way we seem to do things around here. Yeah, and for him, it's a chance to publicly criticise Roland. Without maybe Roland won't necessarily see it that way. I would hope not. Anyway, otherwise he might make the decision Probably sooner rather than anyway. later. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it's his chance to just bring the the circus to wider attention, really, because we were front and centre of newspapers and national news a little while back when it was at its worst and just because we're a bit more stable now certainly on the pitch doesn't mean that it should be forgotten that Lebo is being treated in my mind with a huge amount of disrespect by his boss because he's done everything that's asked of him and more and yet he's not being rewarded with anything even mildly respectful in terms of a contract offer and for him to conduct himself with such dignity in that um, is... You know, he deserves a lot of credit for that, Lee, because there'd be plenty of managers out there who would be mouthing off far more than he is. Um, and I'm sure it's annoying him. And he said plenty of times he wants to stay here. His staff want to stay here. It's a case of just getting that nailed down. And Roland can trot... Well, first of all, he can trot out the I'm selling the club nonsense all he wants. Second of all, he can trot out his the new owner might want to change nonsense first of all he's not selling the club because we've seen the rumours again today if that's true then well we ain't being sold for for a long time yet and secondly what owner is going to come in and want to get rid of the man who got us promoted back to the championship and is working wonders with a with no money so it is all absolutely ridiculous it's all smoke and mirrors from Roland he needs to step up get his wallet out of his pocket or behind the sofa or through the 14 volts he's got it stored <laughs> in and pay up because Bowyer deserves more respect and if he does go in the summer because he doesn't get offered a new contract here or he feels he could get something better he certainly will go with with my best wishes because it's, he deserves better than what we're offering him as a club. Mm. Yeah, Daniel Trafon agrees. Says lack of investment uh, is hurting the team. On a positive note, though, uh, the youngsters look good. I mean, it's been mentioned sort of half throughout the show, but the Sun then today. Uh, saying that um, Alex Nixon, who, who Alan Nixon, sorry, who, who tends to get things correct. Well, I mean, th- this is this this is a tough story to get correct anyway. But now Roland apparently is asking for sixty million pounds uh, for 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 the club. So I mean, I think that's probably around the amount we're in debt to him, possibly slightly less. But you know, again, we, we've heard over the years he wants to recoup his debt and. That, if that's the case, I mean that seems seems extraordinary. Um, the the story talking about that the, there's a, an American group now uh, involved. We sort of heard of there was a photo of Peter Kenyon as well, former Man United person uh, at the Valley yesterday. Something uh, Alan saying on Twitter that he's he's, he's more likely to be a broker uh, in the mix to the to the Americans. Um, there's a and there's another team that apparently been putting the 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 money together. Basically, there's rumours that we've heard before, just with different names, 
Um, it's hard to get too excited about these. Like I say, if this was two years ago and that story had come out, that'd be the top the top thing we talked about on the show before yesterday's game. But we're not in that situation anymore, are we? No, it's it made me laugh. I, I saw those rumours, and I just thought we're being owned by Doctor Evil. He's sitting there going one billion dollars for the club, and you're thinking, <sighs> no, you know, it's everyone's told him what it's actually worth, and he obviously thinks, you know, oh, there's a chance, Premiership, blah blah blah, big money. But it's it's not going to happen without investment, and it's not going to happen. He's not going to recoup what he paid for it back. And we've all said he you know cut his losses while he could and get away with it. But to suddenly say right, it's virtually double for what he was looking for, it's it's just it's just cr- it's crazy. I mean, if, if Nathan was here, he'd be saying that Roland's driving a banter bus again. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's off his meds. Yeah, um, but. It's you're right. I mean, all these rumours. It I've stopped getting my hopes up. You know, yeah. really, really have. You know, all I'm hoping is a harsh winter and Roland goes out. So, <laughs> uh, uh, Marion's back listening. Evening, Marion. I hope you're well. The wave uh, says uh, looking ahead to the Luton game uh, with Oshelaja cramping up and doubtful. Matthews is knackered, will struggle. Ostuma has a knock. He's doubtful. Kyle is doubtful. Yeah, Kyle's come back from international. Uh, break with a uh, with a groin injury, so he says uh, uh, he wants to see Solly and Saar uh, in for Oshiladra and Matthews, Prattley in for Cullen, uh, and go for, uh, with Doughty for Leko because he looked uh, confident, fast, and strong, uh, and said he'd like to see Albie Morgan in for Erin uh, Ostuma as well. We'll come to the uh, the looting game again at the end of the show. David Nichols says, reflecting uh, on this, we can be positive. Yes, we expected to win uh, from two up, but given the circumstances, it was an encouraging performance. We created chances and played some good football. Cardiff almost stayed up last year, and we showed uh, that when the injuries are clear, uh, we will. Uh, move up the table. Madison, uh, Mads, on the on the subject of the takeover rumours coming out, says it's that time of year again. The transfer window is close and Roland needs an excuse uh, not to back Boya. So what better than another pending uh, takeover? I mean, yeah, you're right, though. He doesn't really need an excuse, though, does he? So if it's up to him, if he just turned around and said no, that wouldn't be the case. Anyway, right, we're about to lose Mark Newbury because it's got to... 8 o'clock, he's uh, out past his bedtime. Uh, so uh, while, while we sort of getting rid of Mark, I think it's time we'll have a listen to uh, uh, another interview. We've got John, John Farrell now. is the author uh, of a book called Valley Heroes, a new book out in time just for Christmas. Uh, I spoke to John uh, on the phone earlier to find out what the book is about. Basically, it's a, a, story, it's a story about the uh, 33 players that finished as top goal scorers for the club, starting in 1920-21 going through to 68-69 and as as the title implies it's part one so there's going to be a a sequel covering 1970 up to 2020 which I've just about started now Um, the first season is 2021 when we were in the Southern League and that was a gentleman called Dick Upex and it goes right through to 68-69 when uh, the top goal scorers are Matt Tees yeah. So tell, tell me how the idea came about. Well, I've always been interested in the history of the club. And um, really the, the club history has been done by various gentlemen and also who's who by Colin Cameron. And I've always been interested in the statistics and uh, and players. And uh, appearances and goal scorers are really the main thing that I'm interested in. And so I thought I'd come at, come at it from a different angle. And... Um, so I just looked at the top goal scorers for each, and doing it for each season, and then doing a, a complete um, sort of a look at their whole career, both before Charlton, 
during the, while their time at Charlton and also their post Charlton career as much deep as I can uh, uh, muster. Yeah, and, and how did you go about the research? Because obviously you're going back quite a way with, with with some of these players. Um, how, how did you find out all the information about each character? Uh, well, I've got just about every Charlton book you can uh, <laughs> uh, imagine. Obviously, uh, the book's done by Colin Cameron, uh, Paul Clayton, um, Richard Redden, um, and also the Home and Away book that uh, Colin um, uh, produced with Rick Everett. Um, and also other football books I've got, because I've also covered the wartime seasons, and there's a, there's a book I bought years ago called Soccer at War, um, and that that was a useful source because I've also covered all the wartime seasons as well. Um, and then there's also various autobiographies, um, such as Keith Peacock, No Substitute, and um, Eddie Fermanagh's uh, Football with a Millionaire. So those are sort of, uh, it's, there's a bibliography at the back of the book so people can see exactly where the research has come from. Hmm. And obviously going through so many players from over the years, you must have uncovered some quite interesting sort of stories and, and, and some characters from, from, from down Charlton history. Yes, indeed. Um, I mean, going back, well, maybe not too, I mean, I didn't start going to the uh, Valley till 1961, so a lot of these players were uh, obviously not known to me personally. I didn't see them play. But I also heard about um, a player called Charlie Vaughan, who played in the late 40s, early 50s, and he was a prolific scorer. That was when we were in the, in, in the, in the first division, which was equivalent to the Premier Division now. I mean, Charlie, he was top goal scorer on four, four different occasions, and he remains our top goal scorer in the top division. He scored 91 goals, and they were all, all in the top division. Um, and then going back prior to pre-war, You've got um, some prolific goal scorers like Fred Whitlow, who was he was top goal scorer in twenty eight, twenty nine, and twenty nine thirty. Before that, David Sherdor in twenty seven and uh, twenty eight. So, yes, I, I, I covered a lot more about. I found out a lot more about these gentlemen than I previously knew. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was quite useful. Um, a learning. It was a learning curve for me as well. And obviously, um, the book's coming out at the perfect time, really, with, with, with Christmas just around the corner. How can uh, Charlton supporters get their hands on it? Yeah, that was a happy coincidence, actually, because <laughs> it was just that like, I wasn't... That, that's the way I should you should do it, but this is my first venture into publishing, so um, it just so happened I finished the book around about October time. Mm. So, uh, and in terms of how people can order it, it's uh, available... Or, I, I've published it through Amazon so it's only available on Amazon um, so if you search on Valley Heroes that'll take you straight to it and you can see there's a, a paperback version priced at fourteen ninety nine, but also you can get a Kindle ebook version for one Free blows. Taylor slowly walks. Still, Lyle Taylor up against the goalkeeper. Taylor steps up. Strike. Yeah. Calm as you like from Lyle Taylor. And Charlton have that second that they've been dying to get. Welcome back. It's Charlton Live here on your Sunday evening. Uh, John Farrell. That was the author of Valley Heroes coming out just in time for Christmas. 
a good present, especially for anyone who, who was, was watching during that era up to sort of just like the, the, the late 60s. So I imagine Terry would love a copy. Um, but yeah, it could be a, a good stocking filler for you there. Thanks to John uh, for, for coming on to uh, this evening's show. Right, back, back to yesterday's game. Ross Ramsey um, was his first visit to the Valley. He's a supporter from afar, from the US, I believe. Uh, he says, all things considered a fair result. Chelton never stopped fighting and we looked like we wanted it more. Didn't have a strong enough bench to finish off the game uh, with even more injuries now. I'm expecting a couple of full debuts uh, from the academy lads on Tuesday. CFC Facts and Stats lets us know that Charlton let a two-goal lead slip for the first time in league football since the 3-2 defeat away at Brighton on the 5th of December 2015 when we were 2-0 up after five minutes. Good stat, that. Not as good as my stat that I found out today, (laughs) which is... uh, So we're going to play Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough on Wednesday the 26th of February 2020, and that will be the first time we've ever played Sheffield Wednesday on a Wednesday. How exciting. Mm. You're buzzing, aren't you, Tom? Yep. Yeah, thank you. I was, I was expecting more there. I was just, Woo! There we go. <laughs> Too much. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, uh, so, Riccio's tip saying, what's this? I'm reading about an American consultancy takeover in talks with Charlton. Is there any truth or depth in this? Well, you know, we, we, we've talked about it a little bit. I mean, if there is chat about it with Alan Nixon, it'll be as true as all the other ones are in terms of there'll be discussions. There'll be people interested. It will get out into the news. And then what normally happens then is they'll speak to Roland, find out the ridiculous price, and it all falls through after a few months. I mean, that's how this cycle goes. That's why I'm not getting too excited until I, I see some American chap standing. Not even You can't even trust someone turning up at the Valley with a scarf <laughs> now. You have to, it has to be on the website before it's official because, you know, we've, we've been here so many times. Yeah, and the funny thing to me is that it keeps happening and people keep trying to be interested. So they must think because obviously they'll know they'll read about the price and why other people have pulled out so they think all right well we'll we'll talk him down we'll talk him down so then they go through all this rigmarole being shown around and getting it and i don't know doing due diligence maybe even and doing all this and then eventually they get to the big boss at the end the end of level boss and roland goes oh by the way it's 150 million yeah all that for nothing and back to square one and then the next one comes around and they get to him and he goes 170 million and it just keeps going because he obviously is losing more and more each time. If he just sold it, he'd have been out of this by now. And he probably, I reckon he would have lost less if he just sold it and uh, two years ago instead of ploughing more money into us. Oh, no, and he's I, not, it's not like he's ploughing a lot into us, yeah. is it? But We still got to pay the bills, though, which exactly, he's doing. Exactly, that's that what costs I mean. Money. That's why I, I, I will never understand what's happened over the last few no. years. I never Bizarre, will understand it? why it's happened. Uh, anyway, right, Sarah Saunders left the Valley feeling absolutely deflated. Injuries are ridiculous. Uh, and now I'm starting to think Lee Bowyer will go soon and I wouldn't really blame him, uh, but I would cry uncontrollably. Uh, need some positivity on tonight's show, uh, please. We need cheering up and we haven't won a game for ages. Well, I do think we have we have bought some positivity uh, in terms of the performances uh, yesterday and, and, and in other games in this in this run. Uh, but obviously the results haven't followed through, unfortunately. Cheers for your, your tweet in there, Sarah. Stephen uh, says a frustrating point, but the main thing is that we're doing this in the face of an injury crisis that no team in the division uh, could over come Cardiff were no way better than us uh, on the day which is incredibly promising for us uh, when our team uh, is back in full uh, on the pitch everyone just needs to dig in until then and Taylor coming back will be a massive first step yeah Bo saying uh, yesterday still a week or two away uh, probably not going to be involved Tuesday uh, I've given up guessing when it's going to be mind games because uh <laughs> Uh, because that, that's uh, that, that's not what it's turned out to be Sebo reckons that last time the CFC facts and stats was wrong 
reckons that the last 2-0 we let slip was not the winner uh, was not the defeat at Brighton uh was the evening home game against Bolton where we drew 2-2 it was 2-2 at half time as well but the last time we were 2-0 up in a game uh, that was the 4-3 win at Oldham uh 2-0 up then it was 2-2 but then we won 4-3 eventually so there we go Sebo uh got his own stats in in in, in <laughs> to hand there um Martin tweeting that I, I see a couple of people say this yesterday when I tweeted out about by you saying that Taylor's going to be a week or two away a couple of people have said uh, and Martin said it here. I'm not convinced that Taylor's going to come back at all at this point. <laughs> I want him to, but I'm just starting to doubt it. Yeah, a couple of people saying, oh, they wonder if Lee Bowyer's uh, just saving him. So he can say, he's not going to do that. There's no way that Bowyer would be saying he's going to be back next week if at the back of his mind is thinking, oh, I'm not going to play him. I'm going to say this every week until January and then sell him. No way. No, I think there could be a case of protecting him so that he doesn't have enough minutes to get people interested in him again because I'm sure he's dropped off some people's radar but look, he's a good striker people are going to come in for him in January respective I suspect and from our point of view we need him playing so I don't I, I know Boya likes his mind games but there's no way he's going to not play Taylor when he's fit to the detriment of his own team because uh, you know how much Boya loves to win and how much he hates to lose so mm. yeah that's not going to yeah. be happening and it's no, it's, no good, it's no good getting the money for Taylor in January if he does go and being happy that we've saved him, and then getting relegated because we ain't scored enough goals yeah. in 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 the, uh, in the last few weeks. Right, Tom Bramley says a point isn't a bad result, but losing a two 0 lead uh, makes it feel like a loss. We seem to drop a lot of points from winning positions. Uh, we were winning against Forest, Swansea, Fulham, uh, Bristol City, and Cardiff, and don't win any of those games. Uh, does this team have an issue with their mentality? I don't think so. Well, certainly not in terms of of giving up or anything like that. I wonder, as I say, sometimes we struggle when we come out at the start of the second half. Um, and that seems to have been pretty consistent. We do seem to have conceded a few, fair few late goals, but for me, it's not, not mentality in terms of, have they got the, the minerals? It's more lack of concentration does happen. I think because you look at the, the SAR or the both goals at Millwall um, cup, definitely one of the goals yesterday possibly both of them as well I think sometimes I don't know is it because we've we've made that step up and games are a bit tougher now and therefore you have to concentrate a little bit harder so towards the end of the game maybe that drops off I'm not sure but I wouldn't yeah certainly they're not a team that ever gives up or or doesn't fight for the game but maybe there could be like a little lapse in concentration or something like that Mm, yeah Emma says uh, I'm proud of the boys we are well overachieving uh, to be where we uh, are at the moment compared to what we're supposed to supposed to be doing uh, young players can step up especially Doughty and Morgan let's hope though that we can get some bodies back as soon as possible old man Charlton says it was a lack of concentration after the break tunnel up uh, it happens so many times I don't know why uh, but we seem to go all defensive do you think we went too defensive yesterday was it a case of Cardiff maybe matching us up getting more into the game than you know you're bound to start sitting back a little bit. It's just mentally, you know, you've got something to defend. But at the same time, we did have plenty of chances in that second half. You know, two shots from Morgan that could have gone in. A great chance for Bon added time. There was uh, one he had where he's, he's back to go as well, didn't he, Bon? He didn't really get a great shot away, but that was in the box in added time. As I said, Ostuma had an effort from range as well. So I'm not going to say we went completely defensive because I think we, there were still goals to be had on the counter. And, you know, that game was wide open at points in that second half. Definitely. And I think there has been games this season that we've managed a lot better as well. So I don't think it would be fair to suggest our game management in general isn't good enough. Uh, specific 
to yesterday. I, I don't think so. As I say, we started that second half poorly and for the first 15, 20 minutes of that half, we weren't very good. Um, what I put that down to, I'm not sure, but but we weren't. But as you say, we then sorted ourselves out, I thought, and started to play our game again and, and easily could have gone on to win the game. So, yeah, I don't know. I think the one thing I mentioned to you off air before the start of the show is there's been several times now this season where Boyer's mentioned, I think Leeds did it, uh, somebody else, Fulham maybe, and then yesterday there's been more where he said the other team have had to change their shape to match us up. And that's fine. And, and teams have had to do that. And that's credit to us. But often when they do their match us up, they seem to get something out of the game. Now, I know Leeds, they didn't. But um, And I just wonder whether when they do match us up, whether we then know how to adapt in order to then make sure we're still in the ascendancy. Because if you look at yesterday, we were. Then they match us up and get themselves back level. And then we didn't really kick on and then go and win that game or stop them getting level in the first place so but Bo is still young he's still learning as a manager so this is not a this is not a Bo is a terrible manager statement or anything like that it's just something that I've noticed in the last few weeks and it's credit to us that we're forcing teams to change their shape in the first place but I just wonder if at that point when other teams then change theirs how we react maybe that's something that we're struggling to deal with yeah but then again as I sort of said earlier I guess there is the case to say that there's no, there's nothing on the bench to change things anyway. To then, yeah. to then try and react to yeah. the other team matching up to us. Right, I did ask uh, on Twitter earlier if if uh, fans are concerned uh, about the injury crisis at the Valley. Dodger says, uh, do Bears uh, defecate in wooded areas? Yes, yeah, so I think uh, Dodger is a bit concerned. Yes, uh, Charles uh, said his biggest fear is a lack of Boya uh, and the fact that that's looking more and uh, more of a threat with his contract situation. Uh, the way. It is. Uh, CFC Forever 1 uh, asks, uh, the big question uh, is, when was the last time we started a game with numbers 1 to 6 on the pitch? Well, I don't know. I have to try and find that out. They, yeah, 1 to 6 playing yesterday. Uh, interesting stat. Right, Charlie XR, we've not learned the art of game management, not letting the ball bounce into the crowd at throw-ins, retrieving their goal kick ball for them, not going down when kicked. Uh, Birmingham and Preston gave us a little lesson in game management and we've not learned a thing. Yeah, certainly I'm sure we could have indulged in a bit more time wasted and like mm. Preston did, you know, yesterday maybe we should have uh, should have done a bit of that. Paul Evans said he was disappointed at the end of the the game, but he enjoyed it anyway. Uh, thought Ostuma was brilliant, and Morgan and Doughty uh, were when they came on as well, albeit against a tiring defence. Uh, concerned about the injuries, but have faith in Boya and reckon we'll pick up enough points to finish uh, in our current position. Right, Pat says that Roland walked into my chip shop yesterday and asked if he could have two six-inch Savaloys. I threw him out before my wife could batter him. Uh, well, at least to see, so, at least see Roland's in the area for a change. Yeah. Uh, Sebo saying, losing a 2-0 lead was frustrating, uh, but I was more gutted about losing Josh Cullen to that injury. Uh, however, I was pleased that the lads didn't let their heads drop at 2-2. Had it not been for defenders throwing the bodies uh, in the way, uh, we could have nicked it. Uh, before adding, we would uh, that we missed Prattley yesterday. Yeah, I just wonder if Cullen... You know, if, if Prattley was involved yesterday, you know, if Cullen had gone, if it wouldn't have been quite the, the impact it was yesterday because we would have had, you know, someone still in that midfield to get their foot on the ball who wasn't tiring like perhaps Deji wasn't playing out of position. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, it's all, uh, you know, ifs, ifs and buts, but we spoke on Thursday's show, I think, about what Prattley gives us as a side. Um, he's been a, such a solid player for us this season, so... There's every argument to say if he'd have come on to try and shore that game up, then things would have gone better. Um, but as I say, you, you just can't predict really. And and I think um, Albie had a very good game. So, yeah, I don't know. I'll be pleased to see him back, uh, Prattley, on, on Tuesday night because I imagine he'll be back in. Well, he'll have to be because he's one of the fit players. Um, 
So yeah, I, I know he's not he's not Cullen, and he plays a slightly different role. But as Mark said earlier, the if you've got him and uh, and Gallagher and Deji, if he plays as well, he's I think he said it's a tough midfield to get through, and that's right. Uh, so yeah, it'll be good to have him back mm. in the side for sure. Yeah, uh, Adam Ferris is asking the same question that Martin did earlier, uh, saying, is it right to worry that the club are being extra cautious with Taylor? Uh, as he's off in January, like, I think. I think, yeah. As we sort of covered, it's you know, it's, it's a theory that's out there, but it's not really one that I uh, subscribe to. Phil says, "Hi guys, very disappointing uh, to let a two-goal lead slip, uh, and that overshadowed a decent performance." Shout-outs to Morgan uh, and to Doughty, who were excellent when they came on. Did tell you uh, Friday that Taylor wasn't playing, uh, and I could feel, I, I feel he would have made the difference. Yeah, uh, Phil was the chap who lives quite near to the training ground, so you could see that. Uh, Taylor wasn't out there training on Friday which is of course uh, always a bit of a worry uh, and that turned out to be the case Fun Bluff on the chart and life forum says we've got more injuries than another club with one less injury than us bloody Roland the fart <laughs> yeah uh, obviously I'm trying to put it in a funny way but yeah the injury crisis is is affecting us and, and that does you know it's a bit un- unprecedented in terms of perhaps the numbers but you still look at Roland and say well maybe if we'd had slightly more but I guess every manager will say that yeah. at some point uh, Charlie Rowe uh, emails about Lecco. Hi team, uh, I was in the North Lower for yesterday's game. It was was a bit surprised with all the stick that Lecco was getting. Uh, granted, he didn't have a good game despite scoring, but he has scored important goals for us uh, so far and is learning the game. Another solid 8 out of 10 for Connor uh, yesterday for me too. But as Bowyer mentioned, uh, he did get caught out defensively. Keep up the good work and roll on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, Lecco's certainly one that has attracted the attention of the supporters. And when he when he does misplace a pass, he's probably picked up a bit more than, than others does uh, are. But at the same time, it might be because he does it a bit more than than others do as well. It's the sort of player he is. Um, he's going to get that sort of stick, unfortunately. I think, I can't remember if it was you or Mark earlier, who was saying maybe he would play uh, Alfie instead of Lecco, or maybe it was someone who tweeted someone, in. Yeah, someone, yeah. But I think for me... I, I struggle to see Lecco really adapting to a game and coming in and making an impact off the bench, really, because I, for me, I just can't see him getting up to speed with the game quick enough. I think he, if he's going to play, he needs to start, and I, we could pick out plenty of plenty of times in the last few games that he's uh, he's been disappointing. But the Millwall game, you know, he was involved obviously yesterday, gets his goal, so um, you know he is he's doing those things. Um, he is getting getting the ball in the back of the net, which is essentially what he's being paid to do but he's just one of them players and it, like uh, Boya said he is a wild card but there are some times where he just drives me mad but that's the sort of player he is and we, we kind of have to accept that and particularly at the moment where numbers are low it's him him and Bon uh, as we've all spoken about when Taylor's back fit seeing Bon and Taylor together provided Boya can get it to work is, is a scary partnership for, for any defence um, but Lecco He's just one of those players. He's on loan, isn't he, as well? So that probably works against him. Um, he's not the best player in the side by any stretch, but he, he hasn't been awful. Like mm. I say, he's got important goals for us. He, he's done okay. Yeah, right. Excellent. Let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live into the last 10 minutes of the show. When we come back, we'll start to look ahead uh, to Tuesday's game uh, over at Luton Town. field inside of him but he goes he does get fine field in fact now up to Gallagher he can turn here 
finds uh, Lecco. Lecco lets the ball run. Ball and box. Taylor's It's a lovely goal. What a superb move from the Eriks. Controlled, patient, and at the end, absolutely superb. It was Oshelaja who controlled it inside the Gallagher. Finds Lecco on the right. Creates space. Cross ball. Finds the glancing head of Taylor. And Charlton have the lead. Right, welcome back. This is Charlton Live uh, on your Sunday evening or via the podcast afterwards. Don't forget to hit subscribe uh, in your podcast app, your Acast app, uh, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you can get us. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us to get our show downloaded automatically uh, twice a week. Next time we'll be on will be Thursday evening. Uh, we'll be a look back at the Luton game and then a look ahead to next Saturday's home game with Sheffield Wednesday. So make sure you join us uh, for that one. Uh, could be interesting, especially if we uh, get a result over at Luton Town on Tuesday, which I think we probably into the into the the circumstances now where we need a result. Tom, we we can't we go there and lose, and I think you know even with all the, the bodies we've got out, it will it will just start to the season might feel like it. Uh, you know, good form has certainly got away with us in, away from us in terms of results recently. You get dragged into a nasty run with the injuries we're on. I feel like a. Uh, just something just to give us a little kickstart on, on Tuesday will be, will be nice. Definitely. I said to, to Lewis after yesterday's game, if we can get four or six points out of the next two games, I'd be pleased with this week. Um, it wouldn't be our best week by any stretch, but to get through those three games without a defeat, I, I'd be very pleased. Um, you're right. I think we'll probably look more kind of at the late December shows at kind of a roundup of the first half of the season. But where we are now, probably is. I would say probably slightly better than average, certainly average. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not unhappy with the position we're in. It's just the way the season has actually gone. It's obviously been a pretty much a, a gradual slide downwards. So we need something just to put a stop to that. And yeah, we, we haven't won for a little while now. So it's about getting that win. And, and as you say, starting to just turn the ship around slightly, stabilizing ourselves in the position we're at, because we don't want to get towards Christmas if we've still got a lot of injuries and it doesn't look like there's players incoming and games start to queue up, you know, it could be a tough, tough period. Whereas if you've got a couple of wins in the early parts of December or late parts of November, suddenly the form table doesn't look so bad. And then you go into that Christmas with a bit of positivity. So yeah, it's not going to be an easy game at all, but um, yeah, if we can just get a win there and start Mm. to turn it around, that'd be brilliant. It's always obviously interesting when you play the sides that come up with you. So obviously we went up to Barnsley, got a point earlier on in the season, but they're struggling now, Barnsley. Mm. Uh, Change of manager already. I think they're they're sitting down there in the... uh, in the, in the uh, rock bottom of the table, Luton Town not getting on that much better. They're, they're third from bottom, lost each of their last five. Bit unlucky against Leeds by the sound of it yesterday, but you know lost uh, nine of their last 12, only two wins in that time. That's including an EFL Cup game at home to, to Leicester, though, to be fair. Uh, but clearly their form is not good. Um, clearly we've taken to the division a lot better than they have, which, is, which has been really promising. Like I say, we've compared... Uh, with us and both them and Barnsley, that, that's very good. So, you, I mean, you're looking at that result, that that form they're in tomorrow, uh, or uh, for, for Tuesday, and you're thinking, right, well, they're ripe there for the taking. Even if they were unlucky against Leeds, sounds like it was it was a last minute own goal, and I think they had a goal incorrectly ruled out for offside by the split as well. But they, these are the games where if we like, you need to go and get a result, really, don't you? Four or five weeks ago, we'd have looked at this and gone 100. percent We're going to win that game and. 
we spoke at the end of that sort of tougher run, call that end where you want, pre-Preston, around Preston, but where we'd had them, we'd had West Brom, we'd had Fulham, we'd had Leeds, um, we'd had Swansea who'd started to pick up, we'd had a lot of, a lot of games against top opposition and then you think, right, well, we've come out the other end of that and then you look at the games like against a Cardiff and against a Luton and you think, well, these are the teams that we should hopefully be beating now. So, yeah, 100%, we should be looking for three points. Obviously, we'd be looking for that at any game, but... Um, like I say, if we came out of the next two games with four points, whichever way round, I'd be pretty pleased. Um, but there's there's no reason we shouldn't go there and and think we can win it. Mm. I wouldn't say expect to win, but certainly with the run there on, it's it's the perfect opportunity coming so quickly after a Cardiff game where we're going to be disappointed. It's the perfect opportunity to really stake our claim and and get a win and as I say start to turn that around yeah a couple of strikers in Harry Cornick and mm, uh, James Collins who, who've got a couple of you know got yeah. a few goals this season that we have to be aware of but I mean we're more worried about us aren't we obviously looking at that that starting 11 from yesterday so we already know 10 players out before yesterday um, Cullen makes it 11 now although we are getting Prattley back from suspension which is good uh, as we, as, as Bayer revealed yesterday, Kyle is is out as well. Um, you look at Adam Matthews, who played yesterday. He won't, he won't be able to play according to according to Bayer. De- uh, Deji Oshelaja might be a question mark because he was cramping on tu- on uh, on Saturday, so it could be difficult for him to play ninety minutes. Certainly, so that'd be an interesting one. Um, as we know, Cullen out. Ostuma had a bit of a knock coming off. Leko um, and Bon up top you're hoping they're going to be okay to go again but I mean you're looking at bodies and even if you look at the subs bench we had yesterday so I imagine Solly for Matthews will be a straight swap um not sure who else will be a definite straight swap maybe Cullen and Prattley but then you're looking in that midfield is is one of Albie Morgan or Alfie Doughty going to start Leko for Doughty perhaps I mean these are questions and 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 Bo's really got to think about if he's ready to throw in Morgan or Doughty for a for a start in the championship. Yeah, I think Solly for Matthews is guaranteed. Solly's goal scoring record down there is phenomenal, isn't it? So um yeah, I think he'll be in. I think if Deji comes out, obviously Nabby could come in. I know we've got the the post Millwall Nabby, but um you know, you put that game aside this season, he's been he's been okay. So I could see him being a replacement. Obviously in that would have to be in a back three as opposed to a defensive midfield role. Prattley, I can see him for Cullen. So, yeah, I think that will happen. But then you're right. I'm looking around. I'm thinking, well, if Aussie can't play, I would like to see Albie in. I think Albie could probably handle himself. Because um, you've got to remember, as you said earlier, that this is a team that came up with us and Albie showed he's more than capable of playing at League One level. I know we are both championship teams now, but if we'd have been playing Luton last season, um, he could well have played the game. He might even have played. So I could see him coming in. For me, it will still be Leko and Bon up front, provided they're both fit. Um, and then, as you said earlier, when we were discussing kind of our inability when teams change and our lack of strength in depth at the moment, I I think we're just going to have to hope that that eleven can get themselves far enough ahead because we haven't really got anyone on the bench that can that can help us out. Certainly in an attacking sense to change the game. But if we can get a couple of goals in front, then maybe we can bring on some players to to help defensively but it's not like we've got a whole lot there either so yeah it's going to be it's going to be tough for these boys but you know that's what they play the game for lots of players say they prefer playing Saturday Tuesdays than than training so I don't think there's going to be an awful lot of training going on in between Um, but as I said on Thursday show it's about taking it a game at a time it'll have had them focused on Cardiff now hopefully you can just focus them on Luton because if you get a win at Luton then Sheffield Wednesday well let's see what happens once we get there but 
it's all about Tuesday night now and and that's what Bowie's going to have to do, just try and get some players out there, basically. Excellent stuff. Right, we've actually uh, run out of time here on this evening's Charlton Live. We've come to the end of the show. Thank you all for listening. I uh, hope you have enjoyed this evening's show. Thanks to Mark Newbury, uh, who was here earlier. Thank you, Tom Wallin. Cheers. To, good to have you in the studio. I've been Louis Meadows. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Like I say, we'll be back here on Thursday evening uh, to look back at whatever happens uh, against uh, Luton Town on Tuesday. Hopefully, it will be three points. Hopefully, it will be Charlton getting back to winning ways. Hopefully, uh, it'll be Charlton being able to put out 11 players so, but anyway thanks for listening uh, and we'll see you again on Thursday When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.